the Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119 verse 105. Listen to one of the anointed sons of Bishop Dagiwad Mills, Reverend Emmanuel Osei Konedu Jr. from the Anakazu Assemblies Asantimampo on this podcast and your life will never be the same. Father, once again, we want to say thank you for this privilege and honor to be in the house of the Lord. We pray that, Father, you have mercy upon us. You have your way in our midst. You speak to us and you change our lives in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. Okay. Now the service is on one way. It's good. You take it. You take it like that. You see, by the grace of God, this year we have today is the first Sunday for the year 2021. And I want us to appreciate God for what He has done. Clap your hands unto the Lord. This is our first Sunday service in the year 2020. So it's a privilege to be here today. Not many people are here on this first Sunday. I believe some will come later, but you've been able, you've made it to be here for the first Sunday of the, of the year. And it's a great thing to be in the house of God. And uh, God, the wisdom that he has given to our prophets, our founder, Bishop Daki, what the males has declared this year to be our year of being wise as serpents and being harmless as a dove. Amen. So we have not forgotten about the vision uh, that we have for the year. So I believe that before this year we'll get to an end, before this year we'll get to a close, then the Lord has blessed all of us with great wisdom. Amen. So you'll be wise enough that now you become also in a certain way. You will not be harm to anybody. You will not become harmful to any, any, anybody or any other human being because the Lord has made us to be so. So wisdom is a principal thing. For now, I'm not really sharing about wisdom per se, but I know that wisdom is a spirit. One of the titles of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom. And so, as this year we are going to become wise as a serpent, then it means that we are also going to be filled with the spirit of wisdom, which is the Holy Spirit. Because wisdom is a spirit. And I want us to catch it. I'm continuing our series, which also goes along with the same the theme for the year. I'm talking about how you can become a strong Christian. But the title that I'm sharing for today is how to be a spiritual Christian. Most people call themselves Christians, but are not spiritual. And once you call yourself a Christian, you must become a spiritual Christian. So how can you become a spiritual person? Because you see yourself as a human being. You have body, 
even though you, have, you, you, you are a spirit, but many people do not even know, recognize the fact that they are spirit. They have a soul and lives in the body. And you don't even see spiritual things. So then how can you become a spiritual person? And this is what God is going to teach us this morning, today, how you and I can become spiritual person or spiritual Christian in the house of the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1. First Corinthians 3 verse 1. The apostle says something. See, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. This one, he was talking to the church of the Corinth because of some things that were going on, some things that were happening in the house of the Lord. And he said that, no, even as I came to you, I couldn't talk to you as I'm talking to spiritual people. But how? But as unto carnal people. So you are too carnal that we cannot tell you certain things. But if you are a spiritual person, we can tell you some things. But carnal people cannot receive some things. So you cannot talk to them in that way. Even as unto babes in Christ. So here, the apostle has made us to know that people who are not spiritual, Christians are like babes, babies. So it doesn't matter how many years you've been spent in the house of the Lord. Once you are not spiritual and you are carnal, you are still a child. You are still a baby because you have not really been able to move to become a spiritual person. And from today, may it be your heart that you will be a spiritual person. May that spirit enter into you. The Bible says that the spirit entered into me when he spake unto me. So from today, my prayer for you is that you shall become a spiritual person, not a carnal person. And we are learning how you can become a spiritual person. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Let's see what the Bible says. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit. So the natural man is just talking about a normal human being who is not spiritual. He is a natural man. And we say that the natural man or a natural person receiveth not the things of the spirit. So when you talk about spiritual things, the natural man or the unspiritual person or the carnal person, he cannot receive them. Receiving is that you, 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 you are giving something to somebody, but the person cannot receive the thing. Maybe I want to pour water into something, but as I'm pouring the thing, there's also a hole down. So everything that I'm pouring passes through. It, can't, it cannot receive the thing that I'm giving. So a spiritual person cannot receive, a, what do you call it? A carnal person cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. So when you tell them about what the Lord is saying, 
they cannot spill, they can't receive it. Wow. So that's why many people are in the house of God and they are not growing. The main reason is that we cannot receive the things of God. God is a spirit. That's what the Bible says. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So if you are not a spiritual person and you are just a normal person, normal, you think like a normal human being and you are not a spiritual person, you cannot receive the things of God. Why can't you receive them? For they are foolishness unto him. The things of God become foolish things to you. When we ask you, do this, because you are a carnal person, you can't receive. And to you, what are, why, why are you saying I should do this? It is, it is, it is, it, 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 it is not a good thing. To, to them, it's not wise in other things. That's why you see, you, a pastor will be in church, you will introduce many things. We are going to do this, we are going to do that. And you see, church members are not ready to embrace them. I think last Tuesday we were talking about uh, like readily embraced new ideas because see, when you get a new idea, it will help you to move to the next level of your life. You need a certain information to carry you on in a certain level of your life. So once you lack a very critical information, it's a case. But if you are a blessed person, you will receive an information. And as soon as you receive the information, then it will move you on. Example, maybe as we are here, and something is going to happen in Ghana today. Maybe there's going to be something evil going to happen at a particular time, and you lack the information about that thing. You will be caught in a net. But if you have the information, you are blessed. Because you have the information, you can really move on. And then you move. So, new idea, when it comes to you, it means that an information has been passed on to you and it will help you to move on into the, the, the next level of your life. That's why most of us here are not doctors because you don't have the ideas that they have or the knowledge that they have, things that they have learned. You don't, you don't know them. If we know, we can become like them. That's all. And as to do you understand what I'm saying? If you learn what a doctor has learned, you will become a doctor. That's all. It's simple. So the difference between you and the doctor is the information that he has about human body, human system, that you don't know. About digestive system, that you don't know. That's the difference. He knows about medicine, you don't know. But once you have that information, that idea, then it moves you forward. But people will be in church and a pastor will come. This is what the word of God says. And most of the things that we will say are things that even dwell on the word of God. And you will say, you initiate it to people and you see that people cannot still embrace them. You can't receive. And the reason why you cannot receive is that you are a carnal person. Carnal. But from today, may God make us spiritual people. That's why we are learning how you can become. And the things, it, it becomes foolishness. When you say, oh, come to church, it's foolishness to you. 
I will tell my shepherds, hey, we are meeting at this time. You, see, you may not open your mouth to say that I will not come, but not being there, that thing means nothing to you. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? It, it, it means nothing to you. If it is something that is very important to you, you'll be there. And once it means nothing to you, it becomes it, it become foolish things to you. If the things are important to you, the thing becomes something that is good, precious to you. But if it is not, it becomes something that is like it's nonsense. Like, why should we meet at this time? People are tired. People are this, and we, we, we need rest. We need this. That's how people will say. Why do you want us to do this? Why do you want us to do that? And even you yourself, if you will think carefully, you will see that all the things that we are saying, if you begin to do them, it will help you yourself. People will even value you. But because we see most of the things as, as, as uh, foolishness, then we cannot move on. We cannot receive them. And Bible says, neither can he know them. First, he can't receive this foolishness unto them, and they can't even know the things because they are spiritually discerned. So in the realm of the spirit, your, your mind is closed. Your spirit is shut in such a way that you cannot hear, you cannot see, and you cannot receive anything. Wow. So apostle was telling the church that I cannot speak unto you as, as spiritual people. You are kind of, you cannot receive some things. When we tell you you cannot receive, there are some people, when a pastor mentions some things, when you are preaching, you mention their names now, they will stop church. The main reason is that they are kind of people. But a spiritual person, when a spiritual person attend church, and you speak, and the message he knows that is good, is, it is his message, he is in a bad thing, he is doing a very bad thing, and then you have come, you have addressed that thing in church. He will come and say, Pastor, thank you. Today's message was for me. But a carnal person will be angry at you. And that will be the first and the last that you see the person in church. And somebody will be in the church physically, but in the realm of the spirit is not in church. Yeah. You see, somebody can be in the church because, oh, if I'm not there, people will ask me so many questions. And why are you not there? And why are you not going to church? I want to avoid all those questions. And because of that, then I will be in church. But even though I am there, but I am not there. You remember that my story? Yeah. So some people are like that. They are there, but they are not there. Then you see that these people are becoming carnal people. But God is going to show us great mercy in such a way that we shall become spiritual. Amen. I think we can let some of the people sit here. See some people coming. We should move them to this direction. We can, we can be people who will be very spiritual. And my heart is that, my heart desire is that anybody under the sound of my voice today, from today shall become a spiritual person. Please, are you getting what I'm saying? You become a spiritual person. Let me give you another dangerous scripture. 
this one is very dangerous. It's a very dangerous scripture. Romans chapter 6, verse 8, verse 6. Romans 8, verse 6. Romans 8, verse 6. You see, we want you to be spiritual. We don't want you to be carnal. Why? I said this is a dangerous scripture in the Bible. What am I saying is very dangerous? For to be carnally minded is death. So all the people who are not walking in the spirit but walk in the flesh are dead people. Are you getting what I'm saying? Your mind, everything is a kind of things. You are not spiritual at all. In the sight of God, you are not alive. You are dead. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you move into, into, into the book of Genesis, God formed a man and the man was there. And even the Bible says that the male and female created he them. It was after that that the Lord blessed into, into the nostrils of the man. And the man became a living soul. So the first in the body, the man was there, but there was no life in him. But when the, the breath of the Lord, that is the spirit of Lord, entered into the man, then he became a living soul. So we are human beings walking on earth, but in the sight of God are dead. Because you are not spiritual. So all the people that we see them, that it's like worldly things are so precious to them. They love to drink. They love to fornicate. They love to do many evil things. It's like church is not their matter. Or somebody may be in church, but still to the world also. Worldly system is a dead person. So it's very dangerous if you are not spiritual. And you see, the, the living has nothing in common with the dead. The God that we are serving is a living God. On earth here, death brings separation from men. If, if somebody is dead, he's being separated. And because of that, once God sees you, as a dead person, he will separate himself from you. So no carnal person can enter, can make it into heaven. It doesn't matter how many years you've been in church. Once you are carnal and you are not spiritual, you can never make it to heaven. As I am saying this thing, carnal people can still not receive it. If you are able to receive them, then you are becoming spiritual. You see, when you are carnal, and then we speak the things, you begin to judge the things in a certain way, and you, you massage it for the thing to suit you, and polish it to make it your own good. Trying to find other scriptures, misquoting them in a certain way to suit you. When you talk about drunkenness, somebody will say that, oh, 
Bible will say that, oh, because, for the, because of your stomach, uh, drink a little, a, little, a, a little wine. Are you Timothy? And do you even have any, any uh, 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 stomach problem? And if that were, do you know the particular stomach uh, problem that uh, this man, Timothy, has? That Apostle Paul told him to, to take this. You don't know. You don't know, but you use a scripture for yourself. Somebody once told me that the Bible says that it's like if, if you, uh, you understand, it's, it's, it's a foolish people that become drunk. Yeah, so if he drinks and he doesn't become drunk, it means he's a wise person. He's a wise person. That's how he, 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 he also interprets the scripture. So please and please again, don't come to church and go to hell. Once you are coming to church, your mind should be that you are going to heaven. And carnal people, they cannot receive the things of God. If you ask them to pay tithe, they will never pay. I will say that all church members who don't pay tithe are carnal people. It's foolishness to them. People can be in the house of God, but doesn't want to do anything for God. You are carnal. You are carnal. You are not spiritual. It's not maturity. It's backsliding. You, you can't just be there and say that me, I will not do anything. This is a family of God. And once you are in the family, you contribute to something. So if you are there and you cannot contribute to anything, it means you are not grown. Children don't contribute about things in the house. They only, we give them, but they don't make any contribution. And they are babies. So once you see yourself as a baby, then you are still a carnal person in the Bible. Because Apostle said that, I cannot speak unto you as a, 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 a spiritual people, but as unto carnal people and as unto babes. And we are here knowing that for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So which one do you like, death or life? You will not answer, you cannot answer me. Life and peace. But the carnal person is dead. And the carnal person will not even believe the scripture that we are reading also. He will not believe the scripture. Because you cannot receive it. Say, ah, Pastor, why are you saying this one? If I am not I'm, I'm carnal, then it means that I am, I, am, I, am, I am dead. I am not the one saying it. That's what the Bible is saying. And the words are spirits. The Bible says that the words that I speak unto you, they are spirits. So the words are spirits. Amen. So from today, may you rise up and become a very spiritual person. Let's move on. How? Then now, if this is how dangerous it is to be carnal, then how can I become spiritual? Become spiritual Christian by praying often. Matthew chapter 26 verse 41. Become a spiritual person by praying often. You must pray. Watch 
and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So Jesus told us to pray. Amen. Let me give you another scripture. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. First Thessalonians 5, verse 15. By 5, verse 16. Take me to verse 16. Okay. Rejoice evermore. Take me to second uh, Thessalonians, maybe. Second. Take me to second. All right. We are moving on. Okay, no problem. No problem. But you see, the Bible asks us to pray. Always. You must pray without ceasing. Amen. You must pray without ceasing to pray. And prayer is something that God wants us. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. I want us to read the scriptures first. Ephesians chapter... Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Here is, is about when Paul was giving us the armor of God, and one of the armors of God is prayer. You must pray always. So, so wh wh why prayer make you spiritual? Prayer will make you spiritual because, you see, you are talking to somebody that you don't even see. But you will think that the person will hear you and will answer you and give you what you are looking for. That if you are a carnal person, you want to see the person, see is believing. You want to see the person before you believe. That is how the canal is. I want to see this one. It is here. Somebody will say, But the one who is praying is talking to God that he cannot see. And it takes a spiritual person to pray. And prayer is a communication with God. So as you are praying every day, it draws you closer to God. It's like you are talking to somebody every day. You are talking to somebody every day. And as you are talking to the person, now you draw closer to the person. And God, the way he is so powerful, that once you draw closer to him, you too will become powerful. Once you are closer to him, you become powerful. And you become more spiritual. So you now understand spiritual things. People who are one or the other closer to the president or closer to, to maybe uh, Ashanti King and Otunfo, they are powerful men. They are very powerful. When you meet such people, they can lead you into some corners to win some favors, to get some things that you couldn't have achieved by your own because they have powers. God, they are closer to the chief 
or they are closer to the president. Just their relationship with the person makes them powerful. So your relationship with God through prayers will make you more powerful. So from today, may you be a prayerful person. Sometimes you don't even need to understand what you are praying about. You pray in the spirit. You grow in tongues and other beloved building up yourself in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Even the tongues, you don't understand. You don't know what you are saying, but you just started and you are praying. But the carnal person will say, ah, what are you saying? I must understand what I'm saying. And it's not everything that you understand because you speak to God. You are not speaking to man. And then you just move on. By the faith that you have in that tongues that you are even praying is a sign that you are a spiritual person. But those who don't believe in the tongues will not pray in it. Even though God, one or the other, might have given them the power to speak in tongues. But when they speak to them, they think it is not true. <laughs> hey, may God have mercy. Let me give the second point. Become a spiritual Christian by seeking the will of God. Hey, you seek the will of God, you become very spiritual. First John 2 17. First John 2 17. And the world passeth away, and the last thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abided forever. So once you do the will of God, those who do the will of God, Bible says they abide forever. Why are you saying that if you, 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 you look for the will of God, then it means you are a spiritual person? You, 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 you become very spiritual because the, the natural man don't seek for the will of God to be done in his life. To him, everything is by, by mind and by my own strength to get this thing. So he don't look for the will of God. If he is going to get married, he check bottles, check ties, check the color, check things before he will choose. But the spiritual person is not checking those things. I'm not saying that when you are going to get married, don't look for uh, 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 beautiful ones. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you should go and look for the ugly ones. And, and I'm not saying that the ugly ones are very spiritual. Be careful. You may get an ugly man or an ugly woman who is also very carnal and the difficulties that you go into, you, 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 you will not believe it. So I'm not saying that because we say you are, you are a spiritual person, so just close your eyes like this. You meet a madman on the way, you say that I have chosen you. That's not what we are saying. You meet a, any woman there, because the woman is not beautiful, you say, I am a spiritual, so I want to marry this one. No. If you are a spiritual person, it's the will of God that you seek for. You, the Lord will order your steps. And you look for what to do. So everything that you are doing, you want the will of God to be done. But some of us, when we are doing something, we don't seek for the will of God. People take decisions without thinking about God. It's like, this is what I want to do. And I have taken my decision. And I'm going. But I don't know whether it is the will of God for me. But I mean, I, I'm just moving on. 
and they, 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 they go and do. But if you are seeking the will of God, you don't have your own power. So you depend on God, and what God says is what you will do. So every time your, your, your mind is that you want the will of God to be done in your life, in everything that you are doing. People, people rush in, in many ways without seeking for the will of God. Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, that we should pray for the will of God to be, uh, what do you call it? For the will of God to come on earth. Matthew 6, verse 10, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So people who seek for the will of God concerning their lives are spiritual people. But those who don't seek for the will of God concerning their lives are carnal people. Very carnal. Is it that somebody will just be there and say that, oh, me, mampon. I've seen many people don't want to stay in mampon. To them, they think that, I don't know how they see the town. But one or the other, people have made it in this town. Is that not so? So don't we have any rich person in this town? So why can't it be you? But when people are there, the unspiritual people, they will, they will even pray. But the prayer is that God will move me from Mampon because to me, I know that I cannot make it in Mampon. That's their prayer. God, take me from Mampon. Mampon is too hard. Mampon is too difficult. Mampon is too this. It's not simple. But you see, the spiritual person will seek the will of God. If God wants me to be there, I will be there. I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor, and I've been here for many years. By the grace of God, I've been here for 10 years. And I've seen some pastors who, one, you see, they even want transfer. They want their leaders to transfer them. Because to them, mampong. And when they are going, you see that the, the joy. But you see, it is not about where you think you have a greener pasture. It's about being in the will of God, where the Lord wants you to be, where the Lord wants you to be. Sometimes, even membership, some people think that, oh, I was listening to Reverend Eastwood, Annabelle. I think I pasted it on, on our, our page. Some people think that maybe a pastor who is on TV, a pastor who is very rich, a pastor who is it's like maybe the most anointed and the most spiritual person. You, you are telling lies. You don't know. You have no idea. You are not God to judge which one is the greatest. And he said that he knew a man. That man was not even a pastor. It didn't touch my heart. The man is not even a pastor, but very spiritual. He prayed unto God for rain to, to rain. He needed water to wash things, and there was no water. And, uh, he, he prayed and water, it, it, it rained only in his house. He's not even a pastor. So sometimes, don't even think that pastors are more spiritual than you. Most pastors are carnal. Most pastors are very carnal. We have pastors who are sleeping with their church members. We have pastors who preach for money. When they are preaching, they, they are preaching so that church members will give them money. Their mind, everything is on money. Attention, everything, money. It's like they want money. They want power. They, they are not spiritual. But Jesus Christ said that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. It's very difficult preaching to the poor. 
Why am I saying this? I'm saying this first because the poor people cannot pay for the gospel. You will struggle before you build a church building. You will struggle before you buy a car for the church. You see, some, some rich churches, they, they have a lot of vans, lot of cars that they use to bring people to church. But they hear, if I'm making fundraising, if I mention 100 cities here now, not even one person may come. 100 cities. Eh. But when you go to some place, you mention 10,000. What? A, you mention it in dollars, people will come. I was watching, uh, there was a program that one man of God was in on TV. I don't want to mention it. He was doing it on TV. And then, the, the, the preacher man mentioned a certain amount. There was one guy, very slim, very slim guy, small boy. I think the man of God didn't mention his amount. He, 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 he gave billion. The man of God was mentioned in millions. And then he came, he wrote a check. He, he, bought a, he wrote a check, put it in there and said, man of God, this is what I want to give. In billion. What are you talking about? But the poor cannot pay for this. So if you are a pastor and you preach to the poor, you become clippled. You become clippled in such a way that, you see, life becomes even too difficult for you, the pastor yourself, because God uses your church members to bless you. It's your own church member. If you're a pastor, it's when you see all the successful, most of the successful men of God that you see, their success is from the church. If not, then they have a money cutting machine. Or they have any business aside. But those who are in full time, it's their own church members who will come to them. Oh, pastor, you prayed for me and the Lord answered my prayer. Oh, this is an envelope for you. So when you go to church on Sunday, before you go home, you have made money. And somebody will come, oh, pastor, it's Christmas or it's your birthday. Is this, oh, this is my token. But if you preach to the poor, even they want your own. They are coming to your door, knock, and then as they are going, they are thinking, God, touch the heart of the pastor so that he give me something. So it is not easy preaching the gospel to the poor. It's not easy. And another thing is that uh, another reason why preaching to the poor is very difficult is also that, excuse me to use to use this word, most poor people are illiterate. It's like most poor people they, they have not attended school. They lack understanding about many things. Limited, their understanding is limited. That, that's why most of the people, even when, when you come to Ashanti region and other thing. Most people, what they want is prophetic. If you are the pastor and you come and you are not prophetic, you don't say that I've seen this, I've seen that. They, 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 they don't see you as a powerful person. But people who, 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 who have gone to school, what, what they are looking for is a knowledge. When, when they come, they are looking for, as he has come, he wants a word that will push him forward. It's the word that he's looking for. He understands that a key, just one key that he will hear today, may lift him up into another level. But as the poor person is coming, that is not what he's looking for. He wants to pray for me. 
so that he wants a miracle. Miracle should happen now. Pastor, pray for me to become rich. Pray for me to become rich. But this one, as he attended church, he knows that, no, this the teachings that the man of God is giving. If I say I'm going to follow the teachings, God will bless me. So let me follow. So they come, they follow the church because of the teachings, not even any miracle. Not any miracle. And you see that their understanding, the, the level of their understanding is very great. It's very great. You see, uh, 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 educated people, one way or the other, like they, they understand certain rules. But illiterates, the ignorance people, when you give rules, they don't understand. They don't understand. What you, when you give them time, they will not obey. <laughs> but people who have been somewhere, who are very educated, they know business, they know things, they will be there on time because they know that time is a factor. But when this person comes, he comes late and you talk about the lateness, he will get angry at you. He will get angry at you. He wants to dress the same way he wants to dress. He don't want any change. I mean, this is how I am. This, this, this. Then you see that the understanding is limited. But the educated person, most rich people, they know things. And that's what has made them like that. Please, are you getting me? That's what has made them like that. So when you say something, they understand. And it's not difficult moving them because they understand, they, they, they understand leadership. If the person is at, at the work, you know that this is my boss. And if my boss says this, it's final. Once I've come to church, this is my boss. Once my boss has spoken, it is final. But the illiterate don't know boss. He don't know who is my boss. He don't know you. Who are you? So anything that you will say is, is foolishness to him. He will do what he wants to do. Quietness is not humility. Being poor is not the same as being humble. Please take it like that. Most poor people are very proud. Hmm? <laughs> you, you, you don't know. You, you don't know things. But I believe God is giving us understanding. The Bible says, I will give you pastors after my heart who shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So as we are here, we should see most poor people are proud. You see, if you are not proud, you will humble yourself to the rich person. But you, you don't, you say, ah, if, 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 if I, I, I go and do this, like, because it's, it looks like I want his things. That's why. That's why you are not wise. You see, the man is great. He has a car. He cannot wash, wash it for him. Don't ask him for anything. His environment is bush. Go and read. Let other people over there say that you are foolish. Don't mind them. It is better for a foolishness that will take you far than your knowledge that will not take you anywhere. Some foolishness will take you far in your life. You'll be there one day. God will touch the heart of that person, great person. One blessing that will come will change your life for the rest of your life. Change your, your, your life. 
I say, eh, me, me, I mean, cause some way, you say, that is your mind, you are limited. But because you are not humble, one great key in the kingdom of God that makes people great is humility. And being humble on earth here, people will see you as a fool. Please, are you getting what I'm saying? So let's be, let's be spiritual people, okay? And we say that spiritual people, they pray. That is what has also led me to. They seek for the will of God to be done. So every time, anything that you will do, decide that you want the will of God to be done in your life. Always seek for the will of God to be done in your life. In the song, say, Asimbi. Aramecano, Adebi Aramecan, Enka E, Se Se Mi Bisa, Se Ebe, Ye Yesufe. That is how it is. Anything that you do, ask if God, like, Appreciate what you are doing. Ask about God, but people will not do that. So from today, pray to God to help you. Amen. And every time, seek the will of God. Seek the will of God. Don't, don't, I'm not saying we should look for favors for men. Just always seek for the will of God to be done in your life. Another thing that we will talk about, become a spiritual Christian by having a good conscience. Hey! A good conscience. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 18. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 18. Become a spiritual Christian by having what? A good conscience. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy. So Paul was calling Timothy son. And he said that this is the charge that I am giving you, my son Timothy. And the charge is that according to the prophecies, which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. So Paul is charging Timothy to war a good warfare. Verse 19. Verse 19. So this is what the apostle is saying. Amen. You must have a good conscience. It's not there. Verse 19. So he said that, please listen here. This part is very, very important. This very part is very, very important. So he said that, holding on faith, you must hold faith. You remember that your faith is a shield. So you must hold it. A shield of faith. And the Lord is our shield. So if you don't have faith, you don't have shield. And if you don't have the shield, you don't have God to protect you. 
So Paul told Timothy that you must hold on faith. And not only faith, as you are holding on faith, and a good conscience. Eh? And a good conscience. Hold on faith and hold on good conscience. Which some having put away. So some people, they have put away faith. And some people, he, he was talking to a young pastor, Timothy. And he said that some people, they have put away faith. And they have put away their conscience. But you, Timothy, you must hold on to your faith. Hold on to your conscience. Good one, good conscience. And you will become a spiritual Christian by having a good conscience. And he said that have, uh, uh, having put away concerning faith, I have made shipwreck. When we talk of shipwreck, it means a ship that has drawn into the sea. So before then, the thing was there. It was moving on the surface, but now it has drawn. So I consider all backsliding Christians as shipwrecked. Their faith has been shipwrecked. So some, somebody will be there. God gave you conscience, but at the end now, your conscience has fallen into the sea. You've lost your conscience. It has gone into the sea. It's, it's shipwrecked. God gave you faith, it's, but it's shipwrecked now. It has, it has drawn into, into the sea. Verse 20 said what? Verse 20. Of whom is what? Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan or Satan. Paul had delivered them to Satan. Hey! And what will happen to them after delivering them to Satan? That they may learn not to blaspheme. If you give them the chance, they may say something. So just allow them to be their own in a certain way so that they will not come and say certain things. Just allow them to move on with their life. He has given them to Satan. And he mentioned two people's names. These two people he mentioned, they have lost their faith. They have lost their good conscience. May it not be you. That may you be like the Timothy. Amen. And let's add this scripture. Maybe we may close with it. I don't know. First Timothy 4 verse 1. Now, the Spirit speaketh explicitly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Okay? In the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So, in the last days, some people will bring some doctrines. Those doctrines are not the doctrines of God, but they are the doctrines of the devil. So it's not every teachings that you should pay attention to. Because most of the teachings are teachings or doctrines of the devil. Verse 2. Speaking lies in hypocrisy. So some will speak lies and they will speak their lies in hypocrisy. They are hypocrite people. They are speaking lies. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. 
So the conscience that we are talking about, the conscience that we are talking about is your spirit that speaks to you. It's your own spirit that speaks to you. And the, the spirit of God speaks to your spirit. That's what we call the inner witness. So the spirit of God will speak unto your spirit. And that is what gives you a good conscience. But if you, 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 you lost your conscience, it means that now your, your spirit cannot talk to you anymore. The spirit of God cannot communicate with your spirit to tell you anything. So anything that you are doing, you don't know what you are doing. You begin to do foolish things and you think that you are doing the good thing. You have lost your conscience. And Bible here you say that their conscience is seared with hot iron. So anything that you will say, it doesn't matter what amount of preaching you will preach to the person or what amount of advice you will give to the person because their conscience is seared. They cannot receive it. From today, may you have a good conscience. You see, somebody who has a good conscience, their spirit is open to advice. The spirit is open to counsel. The spirit is open to good advice and good counsel. But the ones that the conscience is seared, you, you see, tell the person this, he will do, he will do the uh, bad thing. And somebody can still be in church, but the conscience is seared. No advice can change the person. No advice. You will give advice, just say it. You will listen to you from A to Z, but will never do. The main reason is that the conscience is here because as you are talking, he don't see what, what, what you are saying. He don't see it. He has done wrong, but he don't see that he is wrong. Then the conscience is here. From today, when you do something wrong, may you see that you have done something wrong. No one is perfect in this life. No one. And God is not looking for even perfect people. God is looking for, uh, what do we call it? People who are willing and obedient. He said that if ye be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But not your perfection. Even though you must be perfect. But your willingness to do something for God, your obedience to God, that's what God is looking for. He said, you love me, obey my command. He didn't say that if you love me, be perfect. Amen. So, so please, I, I want us to, to know, but perfectionness is good. You must also be. And as you are obeying, it's your obedience that will make you perfect. If you don't obey, you can't become perfect in, in the sight of God. But you obey. You've come to church today. You've been told, this is what you are supposed to do. You've gone home. You've thought about it. You say, wow, it's true. The Holy Spirit is talking to me. Let me do this. Sometimes, even the advice that will come from you, a child can advise you. And if you have a good conscience, you, you will take. God used a donkey to speak to a senior prophet, Balaam. For, for, for uh, Saul to become a king, it was an advice that his servant gave him. That's what made Saul a king. You may never know. You see, you, what you will know is that the prophet Samuel anointed Saul to be king. 
But now the story it didn't start from there. It started from when the asses got lost. That they were going to look for this, this he can see. So they reached a certain level that they, they, they want to go back. Saul so wanted to go back. And the servant, he's a servant in the father's house. The servant said, that, No, I've, I've heard of a seer. There's a seer here, so let's go to and see the seer. There's a prophet there. The prophet may help us to find them. He said, oh, but we don't go to a prophet like that. And I didn't come with anything. The, 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 the servant said that I have something here. I, the servant, I have something small here. When we go, then we give it to the, uh, what do we call it? The prophet. You see, somebody will say that you, you are a servant. I don't need to heed to your advice. Let's move on. Who are you? And somebody will be proud to receive that thing from the servant. Are you getting what I'm saying? But because he had a good conscience at that time, he said, why not? Let me follow. And then he followed. When he followed, not knowing, God has already told the prophet that tomorrow by this time, I will send somebody to come to you. By just assuming, the servant made the statement. And now Saul said at me, I am older than you. I am, uh, what do you call it, far, far educated than you. I am even this. You are my uh, servant in the house. And you are coming to advise me. I will let, let's move on. But as he listened to the voice of the servant, he became a king. So sometimes people don't listen to advice based on one or the other, where it will come from. And then you see, then you see that the conscience is seed. There are some people you can preach all sorts of messages. It will not change them. So if you are in church, and messages in church cannot change you. Good advice cannot change you. Then your conscience is seared with hot iron. You are not spiritual. So you must become a spiritual person by having a good conscience. And having a good conscience means that your spirit is open to good advice. And when it comes, you take and you do. Don't think you know everything. Have you forgotten that scripture? Is it 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2? Please, let's go there. That's the last scripture I'm reading, then we'll close. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2. Bible says that if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. So sometimes you think you know something, but according to the scriptures, you know nothing. So don't think you know everything. Otherwise, you become a fool. Your conscience will be seared to good advice. So sometimes, even when a child is talk to you, in the front of the child, you may not behave as if, oh, you have listened to the advice. But when you go home, you think about it. You say, no, this thing that the child said, it is this thing. There are some things, my son Herbert, my son Herbert is teaching me things now. He can take remote. And he said, Daddy, I can do the remote like this. It, truly speaking, I don't know. And he will use the remote and do the thing for me to see. My phone, he is the one, he changed. If you see that my, the, the screen has changed, it's him. I don't change, I, my thing will be there. He will change the colors right now. He knows things about this, uh, this petty, petty computer thing that I, the father, I don't know. So sometimes I humble myself and I listen to him. 
when he is teaching me that thing, then I take. It, it, there's no shame at all. There's no shame at all. Now, the children of today, they are very wise. There are some things I can learn from any of you, anybody here. I can learn from you. Or you think I cannot learn from you? Prudent. You don't know I can learn from you, eh? I can learn from you. You see, a pastor, sometimes when you see even the way your church members are trying, rising up, praying, do this, and you see that you are, you are becoming kana, it rather now push you forward. You begin to, no, 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 Charlie. Because a leader, you must have a step ahead of your followers. So once they are more than you, then you are not their leader. So when your church members have become very spiritual, it compels you also to become spiritual more. But if they are becoming kana, no challenger. If you don't force, you also become kana. So from today, may you heed to good advice. I mean, listen to good advice and move on. Your conscience, having good conscience, and you become very spiritual person. May the Lord add his blessings to his holy word in Jesus' name. Clap your hands to Jesus. For listening to Reverend Emmanuel Sekunedu. We believe that you are being blessed by this message. Stay tuned and God bless you.